This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, and I am your substitute host, Jacob Paulson, and I am also joined today joined today by co-host Matthew Marister. Greetings, sir. Yes, indeed. It's an exciting week because, of course, it's a holiday weekend coming up with the Independence Day holiday, and tomorrow is what I'm calling Constitutional Carry Day hmm. uh, because, like, three or four new st- state constitutional carry laws go into effect tomorrow. <laughs> That's huge. It's kind of a big deal. So I'm sure people have been following that conversation in the past as we've made announcements on those specific states. That is certainly not our topic today, but all the same, by the time this gets published, we will have constitutional carry in like 22 states or something like that. So pretty wild. Today's topic is quick access safes. Design, layout, criteria, uh, what you might look for when you're purchasing or shopping for a good solid safe for emergency access to your handgun. But before we get to our topic, we do have two sponsor messages for today. First is Gunfighter Oil. Matthew, have you had a chance to, to use Gunfighter Oil yet? I have not, but I've seen a lot on social media about it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'm one of those guys who thinks that probably a lot of different products out there relative to cleaning products are good. Um, and, and you probably are okay using a good product. But if you want an excellent product, I think Gunfighter Oil is in that category. Gunfighter Oil is kind of new to me, uh, new to our company, frankly, but we've had really good success with it so far. And the, like to really just make the long story short, Gunfighter Oil, the, the, the beauty of this product is it's just 100% synthetic. Like when you go to get an oil change for your car, you know, they're always giving you the synthetic blend or, you know, do you want the not synthetic? But this this gunfighter oil is just fully synthetic. Uh, it has no odor. Uh, it has no color. It's just, uh, it's, it's organic. You could, you know, swallow it and then you might, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to die, but you probably shouldn't be very good. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it'd be pretty foolish and not good. It's expensive. Anyway, don't do that. But the good news is that uh, we do have free samples of gunfighter oil available at concealedcarry.com. So you can find those at concealedcarry.com forward slash GF sample. So go check it out and get your free sample of gunfighter oil today. You do have to pay shipping and handling, but it's very reasonable and not ridiculous and outrageous. And also today, uh, our episode is brought to you by the 2021 annual happy birthday america cell so the happy birthday america cell is something we've been doing here at concealedcarry.com for many moons now i think since 2017 if i'm not mistaken and this is a member only cell the only way to get access to these deals is to be a member of guardian nation for those who are members this, this is your weekend man uh, happy birthday america cell look forward to that um some of you may be listening to this episode after that cell is already already aired but know that it's an annual event. We do it every year as well as the uh, Black Friday sale that we do every year as well. So members of Guardian Nation say big on Independence Day and on Black Friday here at ConcealedCarry.com. You can learn more about the sale items and the dates and all the other exciting news at ConcealedCarry.com forward slash HBA. And that's like we just finished that page like 30 minutes ago. So <laughs> anyway, check it out. Good times. All right, Mark's uh, live here on Facebook, and he says, best sell of the year. So love that. Awesome stuff. So with that, Matthew, we can go ahead and get into the good stuff here. So 
How many handgun safes have you been through? I mean, just uh, can you even attempt to, oh. to count how many of these things you've bought over the years? Yeah, it, it's funny because like I have some that like I've used that you know they don't they don't work anymore, or I've given them to uh, you know friends, or I put them in different areas and like taken one to work or something like that. Where where I used to have like a place and and then they disappear. What you know, not with guns in them, but like yeah, so quite a few. I probably still have four or five here in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I have at least four or five that are actively in use um, and many more that have been retired or sitting around not getting used right now. And I think what I see is, uh, and, and my own experience, like when I first, when I first became a gun owner, uh, I did not grow up around guns. There were no gun safes or guns in my house growing up. So when I became an adult and decided to buy a handgun, um, I knew I'd, you know, I'd probably should get a safe for that. And when you go shopping for, for gun safes, the things you're most drawn to out of the gate without any training or education are going to be the lowest cost items. Mm-hmm. And so my first little safe was this little tiny like clamshell thing that was probably like 20 or 30 bucks and had like little you know dial pad combination thing going on. And uh, yeah, maybe a, a key one. I remember buying a safe that was like mounted into the wall joists of my house many moons ago, like hmm. 20 years ago. And it had a key lock on it and I felt super cool. I put a picture frame over it, felt like James Bond. <laughs> but, you know, those, those may not be the most effective options out there. So today we're going to kind of talk through what you might want to look for. And we're uh, kind of basing this off of an article that's been published on our website uh, about a month and a half ago. And uh, kind of lays all this stuff out along with some pictures. So we'll include that link in the show notes if anyone wants to go reference it. But uh, yeah, let's get kicked off. I think this is where I'm going to start, Matthew, and then I'm going to throw it your way. But I I just want to be clear that we're talking about a very specific type of safe here. We're talking about a quick access safe, uh, which is a safe that you stage a gun in that you want to be able to access quickly in an emergency. So we're not necessarily talking about a TSA safe that, you know, might be good for luggage, though maybe some of these would, would also be good for that purpose. Uh, we're not talking about what I would call a long-term storage system, a safe where I'm putting guns in that I have no intention to access in, emer- in an emergency. I just, like, I need a place to store them long-term, right? Uh, my criteria in that safe is going to be very different than a quick access safe that I'm trying to access quickly. So I want to make sure we're clear on that's that's our point of discussion today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think it's good to um, preface it because a lot of times, you know, and I I know you did an article a long time ago or um, like a comparison between how how quickly you can access different safes and people immediately when you say gun safe, they're like, they think of this big vault and they're like, well, if I have it in a safe, what good is it? I'll never get to it. And they're thinking of like this dial, you know, combination safe that you, you know, you mess up the combination four times before you can open it. So, um, yeah, those probably aren't good for your quick access safe. But what we're talking about are, like Jacob said, is is these safes that you can have quick access, put a firearm maybe in different parts of your home so you can access the gun quickly, but it's secure um, from, you know, the, your, your child or, or somebody just stumbling across it in, in a sock drawer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm uniquely qualified. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm uniquely qualified. I have a unique experience with these safes, because to to your point, Matthew, and this was many years ago, maybe 20, oh, 2017 or twenty eighteen. I did this test. It took me hours, uh, where I I laid in bed, and I uh, used the LASR software 
and I'd wait for a beep from the software, you know, and I just like a, did like a random countdown and, you know, get the beep and I'd jump out of the bed, retrieve a gun from a safe on my nightstand, a cert pistol, and then put a shot on a target on the door of my bedroom. Uh, and using LASR, I was able to measure the time between the beep and the shot impact. And the the idea of this was not to see how, how fast can I access a gun in the middle of the night. It was to compare the relative time difference between different types of safes. And so I have a pretty good sense for um, what are the things that impact how quickly a safe opens when we're talking about safes that are designed to be opened quickly. And in that particular instance, I was also trying to compare it with not having a safe at all. You know, the gun just sitting on the nightstand or in a drawer or different things like that. But it it also gave me a, a unique perspective on the different styles of safes and buttons and keys and all sorts of things. So anyway, yeah, good times. So Matthew, let's kick this off with the criteria. We identified seven criteria, things that were that we, we deem important here. What are those? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll mention, yeah, you, you want me to go through them all or just mention the first one and Whatever you want to do, bro. All right. Well, I'll list them out and then we can kind of start digging in. So uh, just so you guys kind of know where we're going. Uh, Jacob's identified seven criteria in this article. Um, well, number one is a locking mechanism that is fast to open. Uh, number two, a locking mechanism that does not require fine motor skills. Uh, a locking mechanism that is manipulated easily in the dark. A style that opens on its own and quickly. Uh, a safe that is small enough to fit in a place where I feel the need to stage a gun. Uh, number six, a safe that is durable enough to deter access. And finally, a safe that can fasten to the staging location to prevent theft. Yeah, all of those are important. You know, it, for example, uh, a key lock is relatively, can be really pretty fast to open, right? If I just pick up a key and stick it in the lock and turn it, that's pretty fast to open. But it does require fine motor skill and it probably requires a certain amount of light so I can mm -hmm. see the key and the keyhole, right? So so that's when you start stacking all these criteria on top of each other, you start saying, oh, well, okay, well, this, you know, this does this, but it doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, also, I think an important part of this criteria is understanding that it, it also means that there's some situation-dependent things. For example, the ideal gun safe to sit on my nightstand may not be the ideal quick access safe to go in my car. Um, you know, even though some of the criteria is the same, like we want it to be fast to open, all those kinds of things, but because of the location, how I how I'm going to be able to secure it or where I where I need it to be staged and stored in order to access it, um, those things change. You know, some of the, some of the things I'm looking for. So we got to have uh, some. You know, some of those seven criteria are kind of meant to give you some contextual. Uh, you know, dependencies, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that sounds like I was trying to say something smart <laughs> when I'm not smart. Like, it, you know, they're contextually relevant, I guess. You know, we're trying to say, well, you, for your given specific circumstance where you're putting the safe, you know, the answers to this question might be different. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and so you mentioned locking mechanisms. Um, there's a few that you mentioned in the article. Uh, talk about digital buttons. Um, key locks, you just mentioned that one, a combination lock, which I, I mentioned earlier, and biometric locks, which yeah. I think somebody, one of the, um, uh, Ted talked about or asked if we we're going to talk about biometric locks. Yeah. So, whew, um, yeah, let's get in. So this, it's time to get in the nitty gritty. 
so here we go. The, the locking methodism, me, me, mechanism system, right? Buttons and keys and all this stuff we're about to talk about. It has its direct impact on three of our criteria. Uh, we said that it, the safety needs to be fast to open. It needs to not require fine motor skill and it needs to be easily manipulated in the dark. So those three criteria are all related to the locking mechanism. So I'm actually not going to go through this in the order that you uh, gave Matthew, I'm going to actually kind of save the best for last. Sure. And we're going to start with key locks. So I, I mentioned key locks a moment ago. Uh, key locks are a terrible idea. They're just an absolute disaster. Um, first, you have to retrieve the key. Then you have to attempt to insert it into a tiny hole. You could miss the keyhole. You could insert the key upside down. Or, or, I mean, worst case scenario, in your attempt to put a key in a lock, you break the key off. And then you're you're toast, right? Like there's no world where you're getting the broken key out of the lock <laughs> And like, and then finding a spare key, like, it's just a horrible idea. So out of the gate, I got to just say, no keys. <laughs> Don't do not use a quick access safe with a key lock. Yeah, and, and to your point earlier, a key lock might work on a safe like a TSA safe, or sure. maybe even something that you're gonna uh, store something in your car. You know, you can't. You have to go in a non-permissive area, so you lock uh, something, uh, firearm in a safe, attach it under the under the seat or something like that. That might be a key uh, key safe. Um, might be okay, right? Because you're not trying to access that thing super quickly. Um, but yeah, those. Keys, man, (laughs) I I, just the other day, maybe, well, two weeks ago or something, uh, I had a little key, uh, a vault that the battery went dead. It was beeping forever, forever telling me to change. (laughs) And it's just something I keep like, um, it's just some ammo and I don't keep guns in there or anything like that. But uh, it finally died. The battery died and I thought I had the key for it. I couldn't find it. Um, But I I was able to go on (laughs) one. on YouTube and find out how to, how to like pick that specific lock with a little, um, uh, paper clip. And so, uh, yeah, key locks, probably not the best because you probably lose the key or something. Yeah. And, and most, most safes have a key override, right? right? So if the battery due to your point, right. If the battery dies, if you forget the combination, whatever, th- like I have no problem with that. I mean, some are better than others relative to their, their, how effective they are as a deterrent uh, mm-hmm. and how pickable they are. But certainly, I got no issue with the key override. In fact, I think sure. the key override is an important thing to have a, a, a redundancy, mm-hmm. ability to access the um, the gun. But if the key is the only or primary means to open the safe, I think that, that is a disaster for quick access. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, I want to talk about combination. So combination gun locks. Like if you guys can picture this, think of your high school locker. Okay. That's what we're talking about. This little like dial pad uh, or dial. I don't know. It's a dial, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got numbers, you know, around it with little hash marks and you turn it. And and oftentimes these things are like three times past this number clockwise and then go counterclockwise two times past this number. And then clockwise again, one time past this number, then counterclockwise to this number. And then, you know, I mean, when I am calm and the lights are on and I got all the time in the world, that still takes me like three or four tries. <laughs> like yeah. it's just those things are horrible. Uh, it's extreme high level of security, so not appropriate for a quick access safe. When the adrenaline's pumping, when the heart is pounding, when you're maybe in a dark or low light situation, and you just need this now. Even even if you could do it on the first attempt perfectly flawlessly, it's still really really slow. Mm-hmm. So there's no world where that's a good idea. Yeah, no. All right. Mm-hmm. Third uh, is the biometric locks. 
And this is probably the one we get asked about the most these days, Matthew, from students and people, because it's kind of the new tech, new fancy. A lot of companies running ads right now on Facebook and YouTube for these kinds of safes. Oh, check this out. Look how fast this is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do think that uh, I would be doing it an injustice if I didn't admit that biometric laws have locks, biometric locks have improved significantly mm-hmm. uh, over you know the last decade or whatever. Uh, but it's still not my preference. It's mm-hmm. still just not my fave. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Um, one would be just the reliability of it. I think it's the obvious one, right? People are concerned with, well, you know, but we'll read my finger every time. Well, some, some are higher quality than others, but there's still a lot of things that can screw it up. Uh, you know, my being too sweaty or my fingers being too dry or having blood on them, or I, I, you know, scraped my finger on something three nights ago. And right now it's kind of scarred up and, it, you know, it's not working on my safe right now. Oh, but Jacob, you know, you can program nine or 20 million different fingers on this. Okay. Well, my, but my, like my, my muscle memory is to use a certain finger. And so now it's like not working and I don't know why. And I got to remember to try the next finger. And so I just think it's less than awesome. But, but Matthew, what are your, what are your two cents? I know that you, you have a few, the companies have sent you for review. Like mm-hmm. where are you at with the biometric thing? Yeah. Um, I, I was on board with you probably even more hesitant to even like contemplate a biometric safe for a long time. Um, I, they were very unreliable, like extremely unreliable. Um, I've used the, the Vera safe um, uh, vault one. Um, and, you know, I went in and did kind of a combination from their first original model to their second. And it, it, inc- it, it actually got quicker um, from their first model a uh, couple of years later. So that's how quickly like the, the technology is advancing. Like it, it not only did it, it acts, it, you know, unlock the, the, the safe uh, mechanism quicker, but I took uh, some water. I put them on my hand. I put some, now this isn't exactly the same, but I put, um, I covered my fingers with chalk and kind of simulating, Hey, there's dust or dirt or, or something on my, on my hand, on my fingers. And uh, it worked through, uh, the chalk, it worked, uh, to a certain point with liquid at a certain point, you know, it just, it can't, there's too much water, um, and it, it can't read it, but, um, it was much better than the first one. Um, it's not, it, what it, it's not a hundred percent, you know, um, sometimes you, you hit the little keypad just in, in an angle. And it, like you said, you scan a bunch of different ways, but it just doesn't, doesn't quite work and you got to reposition and then it works. Um, but it worked like, I mean, I mean, 99% of the time it was very quick first, first, uh, shot, but you know, we're trying to eliminate variables and that could be a variable. Um, I think kind of along the line with biometric safes, you could, you know, a lot of these biometric safes also include like RFID. Um, so, you know, you might have, um, a wristband or a ring or some sort of fob that if it's close to this uh, device uh, that it unlocks it. So that's kind of, I mean, it's not biometric, but it, it, it's sort of that digital. Yeah. Digital. Um, so I think they're getting better. Um, and, you know, maybe you don't use a biometric safe for your, you know, primary go-to quick access safe. Maybe it's something that, you know, you want quick access, but, um, you know, it's in an area that maybe is not right next to your bed. Maybe it's in your closet or something, uh, something like that. 
Yeah, I, I'll give you two other just kind of downsides on biometrics that are the less obvious ones. One is the inability to pass the combination to somebody. Hmm. Right. So I, I can't just like I can pre-program my wife's fingers. I can pre-program anyone's fingers, but I can't uh, from, a you know, get, be on the phone with my brother and say, hey, bro. Yeah, just go to my bedroom. <laughs> Here's the combination. Go ahead and grab that and help yourself. Can't do it. Um, an- another thing is just the cost. Biometric safes are going to be you're going to pay a premium. You're going to pay a, a premium fee to get a safe that's biometric. Now, if that's what you want, you think that's awesome and like all good. I just I just want to make sure that we. We understand that you're choosing that at a, at a premium cost just by the nature of the technology. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up RFID. Uh, so let's kind of go, let's talk a little bit more about RFID stuff. And for me, RFID is in many ways like a key because it requires having something, mm-hmm. right? Just like you, ha- when you have a key lock, you have to retrieve a key. Now it's better than a key in that I don't have a hole I have to stick it in. No fine motor skill required. I just wave it or swipe it or just be close enough or something. But it's still... Um, requires having or, or retrieving something. So I think that's its major uh, failure point is that if it's a, if it's a, if it's something I have to have, then I, I got to go grab that. I, oh, it's a card. What's in my walls. I got to grab up my wallet. What if I don't have my wallet with me or what if my wallet's over there? Oh, it's not. Well, Jacob, no, it's going to be a wristband or a ring. Oh, okay. What if I'm not wearing the wristband in that moment or the ring in that moment? Uh, those are all, all our concerns. I'll also tell you that RFID systems, the batteries will die much faster than any of your other electronic systems because it has to, it has to, by the nature of how the radio waves and stuff work, it's just going to consume more voltage over time than other digital systems. So uh, that doesn't make any of that necessarily bad. Again, those are all just choices to understand. Um, I I think that we're going to talk later about kind of how fast it opens and style and things like that. And that's another consideration, but just specifically talking about the locking mechanism. uh, None of those are my favorite. And so now I get to talk about my favorite. (laughs) My favorite is just the four button keypad or just basically digital buttons. And I have a specific layout that's most that I think is most important. But when, when I just mean, I want buttons that just, I push the button, it makes a little beep sound. Preferably I could mute that. And when I put in a certain combination of those buttons, it opens. Most of the time you have four button combination locks. Not always, like a, a lot, especially some of the larger, bigger safes you'll see um, with like a phone keypad, one through nine, star, pound, and zero. But but my preference would be a four-button keypad. And for me, that is ideal because in the dark, uh, I can find it. It's tactile. I can just I can feel it with my hands. I can get my fingers in the right position. I can put in the combination. And I don't have to retrieve a key. Uh, I don't have to worry about it reading my fingerprint. I don't have to – there's no fine motor skill involved. I don't need the lights on. Um, for me, it's kind of the best of all worlds – it's less expensive than biometric, but it's certainly going to be more expensive than a key lock or a combination lock or something like that. Uh, so that's that's my sweet spot. Yeah, and um, I think if it's – I'm trying to remember. I think it's Gun Vault, and I think they do the best – they have the best layout of their buttons. It you know it has like grooves for four fingers. Mm-hmm. So in at, at night, you you put your hands in there and you kind of know exactly which buttons you're pressing instead of having, you know, if you can't see it, the the buttons lit up or or they're not lit up. Um, if you have just like you know buttons randomly placed, you know, four buttons or whatnot, you might not know exactly which if it's you're pressing button one. Or not, but if you slide four fingers in there, you know index finger is one, P 
pinky fingers number four and the other two. So it kind of gives you that that groove. So I don't know if other companies do that finger groove thing, but yeah. I, so, I'm, yeah, this is something I've researched quite a bit. So the the finger groove concept was introduced by Gunvolt, and okay. uh, their patent must have run out run out because I definitely see some knockoffs out there. Um, I, I own one of the. I own a, a Chinese-made knockoff of gun vault. Gun vaults are also made in China, probably. But anyway, um, so yeah, there, I, I think there's definitely some knockoffs that have the gun, the finger grooves. But what's definitely true is that we see a lot of other safes now, name brand safes, that may not have the finger grooves, but they still kind of have the same layout of those buttons. Uh, and by layout, I just mean that it's such that it's natural for your four fingers to go there. Right, they're they're kind of positioned in the way that would be natural for four fingers. You may not have the finger grooves, but at least the buttons are natural. So, like Snap Safe, uh, Snap Safe's, a, in my opinion, like an upcoming um, high quality handgun safe manufacturer, and they have a four button digital keypad, uh, you know, option for for many of their handgun safes that I think is comparable in quality uh, to Gunball. It lacks the finger grooves, but for me, the finger grooves are not a big deal. Like I, uh, the safe I have right now on my nightstand is a. Uh, Oh, geez, sports a field and it's discontinued. I don't like the new sports a field ones because they do not have tactile buttons, but the old uh, sports a field lightning safes that we, that we used to sell before they were discontinued. Um, it's same kind of concept. Those four tactile buttons, digital buttons laid out the same configuration as your, as your hand would be. And so I, I love those. And I don't think, I don't care about the finger grooves as long as the four buttons are in the, in the proper layout to feel natural to my hand in the dark. I can find that I can put my hand on it and I can get it. I, I just don't, I don't find the finger grooves to be a big deal to me mm-hmm. as long as the buttons are laid out properly. Now contrast that though. Like um, I have like a, like the gun vault speed vault or the stack on uh, has a side access side, like mount safe. And for those of you who can't visualize this think like a safe that's often mounted like against the side of a nightstand or under a desk on the sidewall of the desk. And it's designed, you put in the buttons, you push in the the combination, it kind of falls uh, with gravity, like a drawer opens, and that's how you access the gun. Um, These generally have four digital keypad button locks as well, but instead of being oriented uh, in a row in the shape of your fingers, they're in a square pattern, you know, two by two, right? Uh, That's a whole different deal because... You, you, your fingers don't naturally line that way. Like I can't put my four fingers in a, in a square, right? Like that's, it doesn't work. So it, what ends up happening with that kind of, that kind of four, four, you know, keypad, you know, orientation, like a square is that you hunt and peck. You're just going to take your pointer finger and you're going to go pop, 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 pop. And it increases the odds of you screwing up. It's, it's not the same. And, and it requires having lighting pretty much too. You can't really do that in the dark very effectively. So I think that that's, that's a four button digital keypad safe, but it's significantly less awesome than the four button digital keypad safe that aligns those buttons in the natural orientation to your fingers. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'll inject this real quick. Um, We're not saying that like other methods are impossible. Like the square is impossible. You might have one and be like, well, I, I've, you know, I, 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 I can access it very quickly and things like that. You may, you may be able to access it quickly. We're not saying it's impossible. We're saying um, we're trying through what well, is except uh, or especially with your experience going through all these different safes and mine, just looking at them in the safes that I've had and used. Um, we're trying to say that certain uh, configurations are easier and provide less 
you know, potential for you messing up and hitting a button wrong and having to wait for it to time out and then do it again. It's not to say that you can't do it quickly, that you, you won't, you know, it's just we're trying to eliminate any variables that might uh, cause us to enter a, a, a wrong combination or maybe take too much time or uh, need to actually see the keypad to even know what buttons you're pushing. Yep. I mean, I, I, the, one of these like square button ones I just described, I have one right here in this very room I'm sitting in with a gun in it. And so I'm not saying it's horrible. Like that was the best save for this particular instance for which I need to save, but it's definitely not as ideal to open um, mm. because I got to see those buttons and I got to make sure I don't screw up. I don't miss and slip and hit the wrong one when I'm you know trying to peck them mm-hmm. with my pointer finger. Yeah. Um, and, Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, we have a live question here from Ted that I thought was worth addressing, but I don't want to get ahead of you. if you have No, that's anyway. that's what I was going to address. <laughs> okay. Yep. So Ted asks, are some of the buttons backlit? Um, that's a common feature that a lot of the nicer safes have, like the gun vaults, uh, the sports fields ones, the stack ons. I think basically the all three brands that I mentioned, they all have backlit buttons, but the backlit buttons are darn near worthless. And and the reason they're, they're darn near worthless is because they don't light up until you push one. So imagine it's dark, you're trying to access your gun. It's, you know, you don't want to throw lights on, you know, for whatever reason. So you're trying to, you know, find this thing and, and get your fingers on it in the dark. And you're like, oh, but I have backlit buttons. Not right now you don't. They're, they're dark as could be. Now, the second you push one, poof, they're all going to illuminate, make it easier to see all of them. But then you have to push one to do that. <laughs> so how, how does that help you? Because if you push one and, has, and you happen to not push the first button you're supposed to push, then you probably got to wait nine seconds for it to time out and reset for you to be able to go again. Most of them have a nine second lockout. That's pretty uh, standard in my experience. So it, the backlit buttons is, is kind of a worthless feature in my opinion because they're not permanently backlit. If they are permanently backlit or, or if even they glowed in the dark or something, they were luminescent, that would be cool, but that's not the case. Uh, they cons- they have to conserve batteries. Uh, now, I have seen some that like plug into a wall. You know, They're actually using an AC outlet, and those sometimes are permanently backlit. But uh, anything that's like, well, I got to push the button in order to get the light up, I don't, I don't see any value in that myself, Matthew. I don't know if you have a different opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, if you don't have to access it quickly, a, a, the backlit is good. You press it and you can still access it in the, at, at night but or in the dark. Um, but probably if you're not accessing it quickly, you can walk over and flip on a light or, or get some sort of light. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's probably application to it, but probably not in the context of needing it quickly um, unless they're all, always lit, you know, Um yeah, I will just give a quick pro tip here. Most of these digital keypad safes, if you push a wrong button, if you don't put in the combination correctly, you just have to count to nine and then they, they beep, 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 and they reset and then you go again. Here's a little pro tip. Um, faster than waiting those nine seconds is start pushing incorrect buttons as fast as you can. Because if you put an uh, uh, incorrect combination in, um, you know, I can't remember how many times I got to push, but something like six. If I put the wrong wrong uh, combination in like six times in a row, so I just take button one and go one, two, three, four, five, six, it'll reset immediately. So it's faster than waiting the nine second default to just, if you know you screw up, screw up faster. Like keep putting in <laughs> random crap until you get the beep, 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 then start over. That'll be faster than sitting there and counting to nine uh, for, the, for the default timeout reset. So anyway, just a ask me how I know kind of thing. Good tip. Good tip. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't prefer the hunt and peck model. I definitely prefer the four-digit pad that's aligned to the shape of my fingers as they would standardly be. Uh, we talked about illumination, which I think is an important thing. Uh, my last thought there, I think, is just that regardless of whatever we're talking about, whether it's you know, a key lock or something we just completely trashed on and said sucks or whatever thing you have, practice is going to help here. Like I, 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 I always think like, and remember Matthew, you're old enough. Remember <laughs> when we had to remember phone numbers? Oh yeah. Like actually type in phone numbers all the time in order to call people. I, I remember I'm old enough too. just, just so you don't feel like I was calling you out. <laughs> and there were phone numbers that you dialed often enough that you couldn't recall the number off the top of your head. But if I put a phone in your hand, you could dial it. Mm-hmm. Like your fingers remembered the the sequence of buttons uh, automatically because you dialed those numbers often enough. But if I was like, hey, what's the number? You'd like have to stop and think about it. Like, oh, it was, uh, uh, you know. So I'm not saying that we should get we should forget our our combinations to our gun safes. I am saying that practicing it often uh, is important. Like it needs to be a subconscious activity. You need to not be thinking about. The, you know, the sequence of buttons you're going to put push in to open the safe. Like it, it needs to be a subconscious action and because you've done it with enough repetition and practice, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Ted said he's 54 and he remembers rotary dial. I remember it too, man. And Ed, there's no memory of that. You miss it on the last one and you got to go all the way back. And yeah, so it took like 15 <laughs> minutes to dial a phone number. Especially if there's a lot of ones and stuff. I was going to say that's, that was, there was value in having, you know, phone numbers (laughs) with certain sequence of numbers back then. Uh, I, I am old enough to have used a rotary phone. Um, Okay, cool. So let's, let's move over to like style. And when I say style, I'm specifically referring to how it opens. Mm -hmm. So Matthew, lead us down this one. Yeah. So let's cover the major types of um, styles of opening. You have top access or the clamshell. Um, side access um, with like a spring-loaded door that opens up or um, and I, I'm pretty sure most side access have a spring-loaded door maybe maybe some don't but most of them do um, and then side access like a manual door um, that you know you has no spring you have to f- you know physically pull it open and then um, the gravity assist like you mentioned that kind of mounts uh, typically, you see it like on like on the side of a desk or side of a nightstand or something that something kind of falls out and opens up by way of gravity. Yep, yep, nailed it. So let's go through these real quick. So you mentioned first one, the top access clamshell. So think like guys like clamshell, like that should be hopefully super self-explanatory. This is a, a safe that you know the the top half of it is opening on a hinge. And uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. So the, these I tend to find they're they're really awesome for certain situations where you need to fit a safe in a certain tight space, like in a drawer uh, or under a seat in a car or certain things, because they just tend to be skinny enough that they can, you can slide them into a pretty tight space. But they're definitely not awesomest <laughs> when you're <laughs> trying to get a gun. Um, th- this simple thing of having to grab the lid and open it with one hand while I grab the gun with the other hand in my in my study that I conducted, slowed down my my shot, my you know beat to first shot, by anywhere from a half a second to a second. That sounds extreme, but there's just something about this idea that I can't I can't put in the combination and then grab the gun. I have to put in the combination and then grab it, open it, and then grab the gun. It it 
uh, maybe I should be faster than that, but uh, but it definitely slows you down. It's definitely not ideal. Um, that said, I, like I said, I still use safes like that for certain situations where it's just the best option. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, and I, I want to say that there is a... Um, I want to say it's called Gunbox or something. It's it's kind of a high tech safe that one of the first biometric safes I saw um, a while back, um, and it was like a clamshell design, and it opened um, with some like, like pneumatic almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it opened slowly, so there's probably ones clamshell that maybe have some sort of assist, but I don't think that it can spring open because if you think about it if that lid springs open too fast, um, it's, it's probably going to make the safe, you know, tip over or, you know, get in the way of your hand that's trying to unlock it or whatnot. So I think just the design of it, it, it necessitates that that either has to open kind of slowly or you have to manually open it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not, not going to be ideal, mm-hmm. uh, but it might be the best scenario, best option for certain circumstances like yeah. I described, but but yeah, that, that's a good point. And I, 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 yeah, I didn't, I did not remember that when I wrote this article or as we were talking about that, I had forgotten about that gun box thing. I remember it does, you kind of, you know, you, you, you unlock and then just, you know, it almost like, but slowly. it takes like, yeah, yeah, like two seconds, three seconds, like, like the gate on the top of my truck. It like slowly <laughs> opens up, you know, kind of thing. Um, okay, cool. The side access spring loaded door. And this is what we most commonly see with your, uh, your big dogs, the gun vault guys, the uh, stack on guys. So th- when we say side access, you know, this is, this safe is more like a square rectangular cubic type type shape. And when you put in the combination, it's a, it's a, a door on the side of the safe that's opening and it's kind of coming down, right? So it's, it's like a lid that's, that's opening down like a, like a drawbridge, you know, kind of, I, you know, I'm trying to create visualizations here. And, and and oftentimes these are spring loaded, so the gravity would do it on its own, right? I mean, in theory, it's falling down, so gravity would help that door uh, come open anyway. But the the top players in the game are doing spring assist on that; they're spring loaded. So you put in that combination, and boom! I mean, it's flying; it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it'll bounce a few times, like <laughs> bah, 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 bah. like it's it's really fast. Um, this is probably. The ideal, right? If if I have a if I have a situation where I can use this style of safe, I think this is my favorite. Yeah, the the sprint the um, quick access gun vaults that I use for a handgun that are designed to access it quickly. This is what the one I choose to use. Um, I have two of them because they just like you said that thing opens up and you don't have to worry about you know. And I'll tell you. I had one on my nightstand and there was something that was kind of like in the way. I forget what it was, but it just kind of like pushed it right out of the way when that door uh, flipped open. It just kind of pushed it out of the way um, because it does have that spring, pretty heavy, heavy duty spring. Um, And I think it's a sports field. I can't remember which model, but, um, but yeah, it has that flip down door and it's super, super, uh, super quick. Yeah. They're just, they're just fast. Uh, yeah, the original Sports of Field handgun safes all had that feature. The new ones do too. I just hate the new ones because the buttons suck. Uh, anyway, yeah, love it. The the I'll add one other th- one other thought. In 2019, uh, Gun Vault kind of re-upped and redesigned their handgun vaults and their side access safes. They added a new feature that's really cool. I mean, I wish these guys were cheaper. 
But they had this new feature where not only does the, that side access door spring open, but then th- there's like a drawer, like a platform mm. in, in the safe that comes out. So now I don't even have to reach as deeply into the safe. Like I, I just put in my combination and boom, door swings down. And as the door is swinging down, the drawer slides out. So it's, it comes out, it doesn't come out all the way, but it'll come out, you know, maybe three, four five inches so that it's easier to access the gun that's in there. It's, it's cool. I mean, it's just impressive. And it's lit, isn't it, inside? Uh, yeah. Uh, so interior lighting is an interesting thing, actually. So I, I do like um, – this is not on our, our criteria list, actually, so it could be added. But interior light is is a nice feature. Uh, so you can see in there. So you're not accidentally, you know, trying to reach in and you bump the trigger. Or uh, maybe, like, in the safe on my nightstand, I have three handguns. It's, it's, it's a humongous thing. <laughs> um, but that said <laughs> – uh, I think an interior light's nice, so you can see what you're grabbing, what you're reaching for. Um, I've not, however, seen any that have like a super bright interior light. So for those who are like trying to picture this in your mind, we're not talking about like a light bulb. We're talking about a very dim, generally red LED light, mm-hmm. like very dim. Like you, if you if you do this during the daytime, you're like, I thought this thing had interior light. Like you mm-hmm. won't even be able to tell. But in, in the dark, you're like, oh, yeah, sure enough, there is an interior light. It does, it illuminates it enough so that in the dark, you can see what you're grabbing. So, yes, I'm, I I like that feature as well. I'm with you uh, on that one, Matthew. Definitely. Uh, there's a good question here from a live viewer. It uh, says, will most of these hold a full-size pistol with a light, like a SIG B320? Yes. So I, I'm not aware of a handgun safe that won't fit any handgun. Like that's that's the short answer. Now, whether or not it'll hold two handguns or three, you know. My nightstand, it, it it's designed to hold. It says two. I usually put three in there, uh, but yes, like you're not going to find any notable brand name handgun safe that says single handgun safe, and, and it won't fit whatever handgun it is you have. Like that's that's going to be a non-issue. Okay, good stuff. Matthew, uh, side access manual doors. Yeah, I have one actually. Um, that's the type I was talking about that I, I don't use it for firearms. I, you know, some odds and ends stuff and things that I don't want um, other people getting in, in into. But um, yeah, so this is, uh, I, I think if you go to like um, Walmart or most of these, you'll see these uh, stack on safes. I think stack on is probably one of the popular um, manufacture these types of safes. So it's just basically a box keypad, uh, maybe a key override as well, a little knob. So you punch in your key, uh, your key code, you turn this knob, it unlocks, and then there might be a little handle that you pull and you pull the door open. It doesn't swing open on its own. It doesn't have any, any sort of thing, um, to assist it. And, uh, and yeah, so in some of them, the one I have opens to the side, but I've even seen, which I, I can't imagine this is very intuitive. Um, it showed it mounted on the wall, but it, the, the door actually opened upwards. So obviously this is probably not for a, a good gun safe. It might be something for valuables, maybe that you're not accessing or needing to get in and out of, but, um, but yeah, so manual door side access. Yeah, it's it's really not that much different than like the clamshell style because you got to put in a combination or turn a key or whatever it is, and then you got to grab a door and open it. So less than ideal, less than awesome, uh, for sure. 
Now let's talk about the gravity assist. I think the gravity assist has a certain like uh, cause, I don't know, a, a appeal, allure. Like it just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like I put it in this combination, it just like it just drops, like boom, like here's your gun. And I don't know, it just I guess it just seems like cooler than the rest. But maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's probably nothing wrong with it. But given the four, uh, I would pick the spring assist every time because you you want that thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe something gets jammed in the mecha- you know, in, in, in that mechanism that opens up and closes, and it doesn't open quite as quickly, and you have end up having to pull it open. Like if we're talking about accessing something quickly, I mean, a, a spring that forces the door open is always preferable than gravity or anything else. Yeah. What I, what I found with these gravity assist safes is first the speed at which they actually open at which like the lock and neck mechanism moves. So the safe door uh, drawer can, can fall open very significantly by brand. So for example, the speed vault from uh, gun vault, it, it just is, it's night and day difference faster than mm. the uh, whatever equivalent one from stack on. Which is funny since Stackon and Gun Vault are owned by the same company now, by the way. Hmm. Uh, Alpha Guardian is the mother company. They acquired Stackon in like 2018 or something. But but anyway, so so certainly know that they're, you know, the, even though the, the design and the style would appear to be the same, one is, is significantly slower, like a second slower than the other. Um, a second shouldn't matter, but you know, probably worth spending a little bit more to get the one that's higher quality. The other issue that I have with with these kind of these these gravity assist is that they often um, posi- have the gun in the safe in such a way that you can't really get your hand around it. You can't really grip it properly out of the safe. You're kind of have to like pull it halfway out and then acquire your grip. So that's just another you know like little side note to watch out for with some of these. And the gravity assist ones are often like the worst offenders. In, in not holding that gun or putting that gun in a way that you can easily get your hand around it. So that's something to, to think about as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Alaska, we're starting to wrap it up here, guys. Thank you for your patience as we go through this. Hopefully everyone's getting a little bit of value here, but let's talk about durability and vulnerability. So this is all about just, just how secure is it, Matthew? Yeah. So Mark actually mentioned earlier on uh, in the uh, in the comments about um, checking out a, a YouTube video, and this guy shows how um, you could break into many of these commonly owned safes. And that, I mean, that's that's how I broke into the safe that I lost the key or couldn't find the key for. Um, and yeah, you can you can break into many of these saves. Some of them maybe are a little bit more difficult than others. Some are extremely difficult, like crazy. Uh, difficult, but some are really easy. Like you would be surprised. Um, But what we're talking about here, as far as like vulnerability is that like, what is the purpose of the safe? Like um, if my safe, you know, obviously a big vault that's heavy, you know, that somebody's not going to be able to come in and pick it up. A, A quick access safe is not designed for the burglar not to be able to take my gun. Sure. I may be able to mount that to the wall or mount it to a desk or, or something like that, which makes it a little bit more difficult, but given enough time, I mean, I've seen wall safes get cut out of walls and, and, you know, like given enough time, somebody's going to take the safe or break into the safe. Um, and so we just want, as far as vulnerability, something that, um, protects the gun from whatever you need. It might be a child. It might just be, 
Uh, it might be, you know, TSA has certain approved locking system that, that you have to use. So, um, you know, don't look at this, your quick access safe as a gun vault that's going to protect your, your gun in a fire or flood or it just, it's not rated for that. It's not, that's not what it's made for. It's not what, you know, and so um, I think we just have to be realistic with the application of what we're using it for. Mm -hmm. Yep. Super valid thoughts. I mean, when we talk about durability and vulnerability, I think we're talking about first the, the, the way the safe is designed to prevent unauthorized access into the safe. And second, the way the safe is designed to prevent someone from just picking up the safe and hauling it out. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, when we're talking the, the, by by definition, the style of safes that we're talking about today in this conversation are not safes that are extremely secure. Um, They're, they're designed to deter, um, quick, fast criminals, children, um, not people who bring all the tools and all the time to the, to the battle. Um, that's, that's, that's just not what they're designed to do. Uh, for that, you need to go get some big, thick, massive vault thing, uh, which is awesome and you should definitely own. But, though, but, but it's a different set of criteria than, than the set of criteria we're applying to a quick access safe. So I think that's really valid. Uh, for People might find this interesting. So in, in this industry, in the gun safe industry uh, with these style safes we're talking about the the industry standard like testing like qualification is actually the california state department of justice uh, california doj has a testing program so go go look at the box or the web page for the gun safe you own or you're thinking about buying and you'll almost certainly see somewhere on there california doj approved and this is the closest thing we have to an industry standard uh testing standard and relative to security. And this is how the California DOJ does this. They they bring the safe in. You, you have to mail them samples if you're the manufacturer. They give it to the, the testing crew. And the testing crew does this a lot. So they're not unfamiliar with how to get into gun safes, right? And the, the testing crew has two minutes, two minutes to get into the safe. And if in two minutes they can't get in, you pass. So two minutes is not, not very much time. You know, they might fail to get in there in two minutes, but if they'd had 10 minutes, it would not have been a problem at all. Uh, and I don't know what they're given in, in terms of tools. Like if I'm being honest, I, I really don't know if they have blow torches available or not. I'm guessing not because in two minutes uh, with a blow torch, I think I could get into darn near any of these. Um, but I, I think that the, the point is the standard is relatively low. Now that said, would I buy a handgun safe that didn't say it was California DOJ, DOJ approved? I'd be a little concerned because I mean, if they can't even get you know that approval, then it's <laughs> it's really questionable at that point. But most of these, the name brands we've mentioned, and the kind of the big dogs in this in this game are all DOJ approved. So, so some just specific things that you might check for though: uh, uh, strength or thickness of steel. So the lower the number, the higher the strength, right? So 16 gauge steel is probably the most common thing we see in these quick access safes. The quality ones, I think 16-gauge steel is kind of the standard. I see some out there that are 18-gauge steel. I see some that are 20 and 22-gauge or 24-gauge steel, and that to me would be like, no, I'm not going there. Like at that point, I could probably elbow my way through that. Thing, right? <laughs> so so I think 18 would be my minimum standard, and 16-gauge is, is, seems to be kind of the, the top-tier um, standard for some of the big, more notable brands. Um, I, I think we ought to look at the hinges, where the hinges are and how, how the hinges are designed. Um, the YouTube channel that the, that our, our live viewer mentioned earlier, he often uh, takes advantages of holes that are designed for mounting or that are designed for like little rubber feet to make the safe uh, not slide on surfaces. He'll pop those out and then he'll go via those holes to access the locking mechanism. So that's another common thing I look at as I see, are there 
holes that allow someone to stick a coat hanger in here and get to the lock-in mechanism or not. So strength of steel, uh, holes and access to the locking mechanism, um, gaps in the uh, door housing itself, and where the hinges are. Those are just quick things that might be indicative. Yeah. I've been well, talking for a while, Matthew. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, and to your point, like, and you know, some, you, if you, if you require something that, you know, um, you want to be able to be fireproof or flood proof, waterproof or, or, uh, you know, basically burglar proof that they're not going to be able to pick this thing up because it's 4,000 pounds, you know, and, um, it, if you need that, then, you know, that's what you're going to need to look for. Right. Like, but, um, when we're talking about these saves, you know, they're, they're generally, you know, smaller, uh, or thinner gauge steel, they're lighter, they're, uh, more easily, um, broken into. Um, but look at who, what you're trying to accomplish by this. Are you trying to just keep your kids, you know, kind of honest, you know, um, and take away that, that curiosity of just having a gun on the, on the safe, on the, uh, nightstand, or are you looking for something that you need, no doubt, like high level security for whatever you're putting into it? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a high level of security is at odds with quick access. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, we got to keep that in mind. Like, yep. you know, we you're, you're kind of stuck picking one or the other uh, for a number of reasons. Um, and last, I, I think I'll, I'll kind of comment on here, and then maybe we can start to wrap this up and get final, final comments from Matthew. But I think we also need to be thinking about the safe's vulnerability relative to it being removed. So these, even these small, relatively low-cost, quick-access safes we're discussing today are designed to be mounted to something or secured in some way that people can't pick it up and haul it out. So they generally come with pre-drilled holes, generally on the base of the safe, uh, that you could, and, and they generally come with hardware too, little screws. So you could mount that into the drawer if I put it in a drawer, or I could mount it to the desk or the nightstand or whatever piece of furniture, or the studs in the wall or the floor or something, uh, so that I might you know strengthen those you know those those options. Right. Uh, 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 the alternative that's kind of generally accepted as a second best option is some sort of security cable. So some of them come with it, though I I tend to find that a lot less of them these days are coming with security cables. Um, A lot of the little clamshell ones are still coming with security cables, but the other larger and different style quick access safes generally do not come with a security cable. And the security cable is designed to be to tether the safe to some object. Uh, This is a common way to secure it in the car. So I have a little clamshell safe in my car, and this is how it's uh, secured, is the the security cable kind of goes around the, the, I don't know, base thingy of the seat. And then the lid of the safe closes on the cable so that it becomes tethered. So figuring that out, you know, and what the best option is for you. Again, that's that doesn't you know prevent someone from you know, bringing the right cable cutters and cutting the cable, right. or ripping off the top of my nightstand that this thing is screwed <laughs> to, or cutting it out of the wall joists so that it's you know, it's just it's just better than nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, you think of it as uh, you know the cable lock you put around your bicycle. People steal bicycles all the time, right? So it's not there to, to stop everybody. Uh, it's there to deter like the smash and grab dude that's got a, you know, a, a center punch and is breaking windows, grabbing stuff and sees a box there, you know, pulls on it. It's te- tethered, doesn't want to stick around because there's a lot of people in the parking lot. So they take off. Um, that, that, that's what it's for. If somebody wants to cut the cable, if somebody wants to cut something out of your wall, they're going to do it. Yeah, Absolutely. 
All right. So let me try and summarize some of the thoughts here today. I think that when you're looking for a quick access safe, a safe that you want to be able to access quickly, get into and, and, you know, do it under stress, maybe in the dark and, you know, get, get quick access to that gun. Some things we talked about the locking mechanism, you know, we talked about keys versus biometric versus like turnstile combination locks, different. And we talked about several different versions and styles of digital kind of buttons and maybe which some of those uh, might be preferable. We talked a little bit about style itself, how it opens, you know, clamshell versus side access. We talked about spring loaded versus not versus gravity. We talked about just the durability uh, of the safe and how you secure it, it, the safe itself to wherever it is you've chosen to stage it. So this might feel a little bit nitpicky guys, but I do think that if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, if you're going to spend the money, spend the money to get something good. And if we're being honest, I'm just going to throw this out there as a company that sells a decent number of these safes, you probably need to be prepared to spend at least a hundred dollars for a quality mm-hmm. handgun quick access safe. If you, if it costs less than a hundred dollars, I would be concerned that you may not have gotten something that meets these criteria. I think those are my parting words, Matthew. Yeah, no, I I can't really add anything other than, you know, um, to echo what you said about it's an investment, right? Like, so you mentioned earlier on, that's probably one of the first things people buy with their gun, you know, they get a safe and they're investing in the gun. They're, they're maybe buying a holster and some ammunition all up front. And then they're like, Oh man, I I don't have enough for a good safe, so I'll just get like, you know, a, a kind of a, a a scaled down safe. But that's probably something you don't want to skimp on because you will end up in the long run replacing it, you know, um, because yeah. it, it, it you'll find that it, it doesn't do what you need it to do. Yep, and you might be glad you have that one too later, right? Sure. So t- today it's like all I got is thirty bucks. You go buy the thirty dollar thing with a key on it, and like better than nothing for sure. Yeah, awesome, great. Yeah, but but yeah, you're going to end up replacing it. You're going to end up upgrading in the future for something that's significantly better uh, for you and, and for this kind of a situation. So that's a that's a good thought, Matthew, and I appreciate that, that yeah. you added that. And we have a live viewer who says that, you know, I can definitely get a really high quality one for less than $100 at the Happy Birthday America sale. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, so Guardian Nation members, be sure to check out concealedcarry.com forward slash HBA to take advantage of this coming weekend's Happy Birthday America sale. All right. Matthew, do we need to pick a winner? Uh, I actually already have the winner already picked for oh, you. Oh, sweet. So what are we giving away this week? This week we're giving away the uh, Flight 93-911 ball cap, commemorative mm-hmm. ball cap. It's um, a cool ball cap. Yep. Yeah. It's got the Twin Towers on it. It's got the Flight 93 on it. Yep. Yep. And uh, next week we're giving away a uh, individual um, palm pepper spray. Cool. So, guys, we're about to declare the winner for this week, but make sure you go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize, or you just go to podcasts.concealedcarry.com and click on weekly giveaway. And uh, that that's a, that's a recurring door, is revolving door, I think is how Riley likes to say it. So you have to enter every week for that week's specific giveaway. So this week, uh, we've looked at the current entries, and we've pulled one at random, and who's getting the ball cap? This week's winner is Douglas S. Douglas. Douglas. Yes. All right, yep. Douglas S., you are the winner. Matthew's going to send you an email so we can get your shipping address and we'll send you out your ball cap. Uh, we appreciate everyone who participates here in the podcast live, listening to the recordings, entering the giveaways, and everything else that you do to make yourself and those around you better prepared uh, for defensive encounters. We really uh-huh. appreciate it. 
So with that, I think we're all done. Thanks, everyone. This is Season 2, Episode 17. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and uh, share it with a friend. Tell somebody who you know who recently started caring about our podcast so they can also become more informed. We appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Remember to train right, train often, and train safe because you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Thank you.